now we're back, uh, next chapter, uh, and we're back in the slaver camp, and unsurprisingly, it's in chaos when they wake up and they find the dead vermin, no slagger, and no vich. They quickly turn on each other, slagger's well-laid deceptions bearing fruit as they kill one another. In the end, only five weasels remain. And, like, as they're sitting there and talking to each other, they have some pretty decent insight on what likely happened. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh. We- yeah, he probably either killed Vich or, like, took him with him and then left us to fight and die mm-hmm. with each other. Oh my god, he fucking sucks. Yeah, like, he totally pulled one over on us and we fell for it hook, line, and sinker. Well, at least it's just weasels now. And then, as they're the pondering what to do, they're interrupted by the arrival of Orlando the Axe. To which it was like, I was like, cue the Lord of the Rings music here, like the ba 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 or whatever, like, triumphant theme that plays. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. His entrance here is very satisfying. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's... Here's um, brave words from the scum of the earth. A large male well, badger. I want to read more of it. Oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. Snakes, uh, but what about little Vich, Fleabag interrupted. I wonder what's happened to him. Snakesburg slashed at the grass with his iron hook. Dead as a pickled frog, for all I care. What's one rat or more got to do with us? We're weasels, mate. Oh, I tell you, I'd like to have that fox's guts at the end of this hook right now. And then, brave words from the scum of the earth. A large male badger had walked quietly into the camp. He stood, testing the edge of a large, double-headed battle axe with his paw. The weasels leapt up, unsure of what to do against the huge warrior, without a leader to galvanize them into action. (laughs) Orlando gave a cold smile. Run or fight, eh, baby stealers? His voice was deceptively calm. I know you haven't the courage to fight. There's only five of you and not a gang. Ah, well, if you're not going to fight, then you must run like the cowards you are. But even then, you won't get far because you're surrounded. Mm-hmm. And then they all immediately are like, it was Slagger. It was his idea. We don't even count. Look at the way he's deserted us. I mean, they're not entirely wrong, but the- it's, again, that argument like you chose to follow the orders. You made that active choice. So, or you chose, you chose to not think, but yeah. Yeah. And they were like trying to blame Slagger for like the deaths of all their comrades. And it's like, you liars. We fucking watched you kill them. Yeah. You fucking idiots. Uh, and they ask like, where did Slagger take the captives? (laughs) Like, I know you're not going to believe me. The weasel moaned in despair, but when we woke this morning, he was gone. The prisoners, too, and a rat named Vich. Matthias drew his sword. The five weasels began pleading. It's true, it's true. Please, sir, believe us. See that dead weasel there? He's damper. We found him slain when we woke this morning. He must have tried to stop Slagger leaving. And Logalog is just like, he's probably telling the truth. My scouts found tracks. Like, the the weasels genuinely have no fucking clue where they've gone. Yeah. <laughs> they're just so, they're like, please don't kill us. <laughs> We're nothing. We're baby. We're navelins. <laughs> My parents love True Lies way too much. I don't even like that movie. I know some... <laughs> They'll just watch it. I'm just so, like, I don't like this movie. They're like, tough luck. We do. And I'm just like, ah. 
So Long Long has found traces of the rat army, uh, so they know the children had very likely been taken by them. And then the five weasels are tied together. Like, uh, Basil's like, put these nooses around your neck. Oh, don't cry. We're not going to string you up, though you deserve it. The weasels are just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, we're just going to tie you together and you guys are going to march. And, then- and they're set to march out front to take the brunt of any traps that might be laid out. Uh, the old Mad Hare wanders through again, revealing Slagger's last group had been completely killed. And, just as oddly, wanders back out. Yeah, like, that's the last time we see him. Like, uh, I want to read specifically what he says. And again, this... Because I think it's important. It is, but again, this is also the last time we see him. He does not appear again yep. after this. Which, again, makes me kind of sad. Yep. Matthias stopped Basil. There was a sound from the bushes, and the old rabbit tottered out, still wrapped in his sack. He walked around the captured weasels, staring at them with roomy eyes. Death. Death. Is this all he left? Last time the masked one came this way, none of his band lived. Dead. All slain. Matthias tried questioning him further, but he staggered off on into the bushes, still moaning about death and doom. Orlando watched the Ancient One until he was lost to sight. Matthias, that one knows a lot more than we think. Did you hear him? He's seen Slagger passing through here once before. Must be an old game with the fox to pick out a band of vermin and promise them the sky. Then when he gets near his destination, he either dumps his helpers or slays them one way or another. Then he's free to reap the rewards of his filthy trade all for himself. Yes, Matthias agreed, but what does he get out of it? What is his reward? A good question. Which we're going to find out. (laughs) It's a really good question, too, because, like... We don't learn what he got before, because, like, it's, it's obvious he's done this before, but we don't know what he gained from it. Yeah. I mean, like, if it was gold, it's like, what did he spend it all on? I guess maybe buying that that wagon, but... Who knows? It's So, the group puzzles over the next step of the rhyme. A lord will point the way? Orlando and Basil both try hollering out over the valley asking the lord to show himself but none does these fucking idiots now everyone knows they're there they're elemental surprises although to be fair this does not bite them in the ass it doesn't but it makes me angry that they do in the first place like basil is supposed to be a master of stealth and camouflage He's supposed to be And they smart. know there was a huge, massive rat army that just went through. So what do they do? They just holler out into the valley. Just let everyone know they're, they're stupid. Also, also, mm. after Orlando yells, Basil like comes up and is like, let a trap with a touch of breed and have a jolly try. And I'm like, Basil, your classism <sighs> and racism is showing. I feel like... Because that sentiment is very... Uh, British nationalist. Okay, for me, I thought it was kind yeah. of like poking fun at him or him poking fun at himself. That's kind of the read I took. No, like- it's it is literally a thing that like uh, white families in like Britain will use. Oof, like gross. the their breeding. Oof, gross. Like they they're fine. They're they 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 they're bred from fine stock. Mm-hmm. You've seen it in movies and shit. Yeah, I have. I have. It is actually a thing. Like, legitimately. I I read enough medieval-esque fantasy I should know better. Yeah. And history. And and it's also, it's not even, like, just, like, it is legitimately, like, that is a thing that, like, the older, like, uh, older, more well-to-do in, like, England, 
they they come from like fine stock. Mm-hmm. Um, their breeding like shows their fucking like worth, et cetera, et cetera. It's very nationalistic. It's very yeah. gross. Uh, very classist, very racist, etc., etc., etc. If you use that to describe yourself and your family, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Legitimately. Shut the hell your mouth. <laughs> shut the hell your mouth. <laughs> you go to the hotel room and they want you to pay for the water? Shut the hell your mouth. There's free water right here, bitch. <laughs> I haven't heard that vine in so it's long. It's one of my favorites. It lives in my head rent free. <laughs> America explained Americans Arkansas. This is Kansas, but this this is not it's Arkansas. Not Arkansas. This is Arkansas. America Why? explained. <laughs> Fuck. We should explain. And what the, the explanation for anybody who doesn't know is that uh, Arkansas is actually a. Um, I don't remember the, the, the language it specifically comes from, but it is an indigenous mm-hmm. word. And Kansas is Dutch? They just, they can, they, they strangely have a very similar spelling is what it is. Because if you look at Arkansas, it is spelled Arkansas. But yeah. it is pronounced. But also like in, it, it's also still all bastardization of how it's supposed to be spelled. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's not, like, there's more letters in it, mm-hmm. if you're spelling it correctly. Yeah. Um, but, like, they kept the pronunciation. And changed the spelling. Yeah, the further west you go, the more states end up with, like, indigenous names. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Nevada, uh, I believe Illinois. Nevada. Uh, Nevada. <laughs> Okay, Nevada. <laughs> it's not Nevada. Arizona. It's Nevada. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, I'm pretty sure Montana and Wyoming are as well. Dakota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely Dakota. Ohio. Ohio. Uh, whereas, like East Coast, a lot of our uh, states are named after rich white people and places in europe yeah well georgia is named after king george disgusting disgusting (laughs) uh i think florida is uh spanish yeah because they were controlled by them for quite a bit and then then didn't napoleon have florida for a hot minute i don't remember i'm from florida yes he did because then there was the louisiana purchase where we got florida as like part of louisiana i think it was like, yeah. we went to buy that, and he was just like, yeah, take Florida, too. Who cares? <laughs> just throw it an extra... Oh, Missouri and Mississippi are also indigenous yes. words. Because the Mississippi people uh, were an incredible group who had, like, amazing trade networks all across the nation. And they actually did do buildings. The buildings just didn't survive because of how they were constructed, which doesn't mean they were primitive. Yeah. It just means they built them with the materials that they had, which were very cleverly used. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I just... The Mississippi people are cool. They're They're very cool. Anyway. <laughs> tangent City, Tangent City. We started late We today, built so. this city. We built this city on tangents. So, anyway. <laughs> Matthias points out there's no reason the Lord has to be alive. And uh, Cheek confirms this by pointing out a huge tree he saw while climbing on the Badger Rock. 
And Jess climbs up and confirms it is a massive fir tree and it is the only one just sitting by itself. So they hurry towards it to see which way the Lord points. Uh, the kids awaken from their drugged state in a pitch black cell. Before they can figure out where they are, the door is open and Nadaz steps in. He tells them not to speak or they will regret it. He controls everything about their life now. Breathing, eating, drinking, the right to see. He will decide when they are allowed to do so again. And with the line, Malchorus has spoken, leaves them in the darkness once more. The kids wonder who Malchorus is. Yeah, like the kids aren't like, scared. They're terrifying. just like, who the hell? But this is also still like terrifying because they're all like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, because they're confused. They're still like dazed from being drugged. Their mouths taste bad from it. Like these kids are like, you, you know, they're usually so ready to sass. Like they're still so confused and just not sure what's going on. They don't even sass back, which genuinely surprised me. Like I was expecting somebody to sass back and get slapped or hurt. But no, they were just like, what? They do sass later, which is great. Yeah. Um, back with Slagger, he follows Nadaz to the giant statue of Malchorus. It's revealed he'd brought Vich as a gift, but Malchorus rejects him, sending Vich to join the slaves. Because, uh, you know, Vich is a rat, but they're like, he was not born into the host, which means they have no use for him. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, because, like, calling it a host, like, that always, like, my brain immediately goes to, like, the heavenly host. Um. I mean, that's probably the mm-hmm. point. Uh, also... Damn, the inbreeding amongst these rats. Well, okay, I don't think there is a problem for inbreeding because we see later on that this is a whole, this is a whole ass population. Yeah, but like- This is a huge population. How many rats do they start off with and do they ever add rats? Because if they don't, Mm. and depending on how long they've been there and you know how fast rodents breed. Yeah. Well, then again, points at the were-rat. The wee, wee rat. rat. The wee rat. I, I, I was pronouncing it were rat, like a were rat. But it's supposed to be a weasel oh, rat. Oh yeah, wee so it's rat. a wee rat. Wee rat. A wee rat. Even though they describe it looking like a stoat or a stoat or a ferret, with no ears. But it's got no ears anyway. It's primitive. It looks primitive. <laughs> it's racist, is what it is. I don't even know if it's. Uh, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, we also learned that the price Slagger demanded was dominion over the land above Malchorus's kingdom. As Nadaz spoke for Malchorus below, he would swear to do above if given rule. And it's a very interesting request, and it's really hard to know exactly what Slagger wants to do here, because from, like, what we've seen before... Is like, especially with like when it came to Redwall, like he thought Redwall was cursed, but it just feels weird considering he's never had a desire to like rule or or be any because he's seen what happens to the ones who decide they want to settle and rule. Mm-hmm. Like his he started fail. he started out wanting revenge, and now that he's got his revenge, he's suddenly like changing tack. 
Maybe he assumes that because, like, one, Malchris and that huge rat horde would be below him, he'd be safer mm-hmm. to do this and be able to get more of a foothold. And he's so far away from Redwall that there's no way any of them could do anything. Yeah, and, and now that he's got his revenge, he doesn't really have a need to go out and do his slaving runs anymore. Like, he's got his revenge. He's done what he set out to do. And once you complete yeah. your revenge, what else is there? So now he's moving on to the next thing. It's like, I'm done with my revenge. Now I can think about myself. Right. We've got uh, his, his list. Step one, uh, become Hang slaver. Hang on one second. You all right, Dad? Oh, he's putting on my shower doors right now. And I heard a clang, a clatter, and a ah! but he just bumped into them with the measuring tape in his pocket. He's okay. Um. (laughs) So we've got step one, become slaver. Step two, become, well, okay. Step one, become good slaver. Step two, get band of idiots. Step three, kidnap, uh, uh, Matthias's son. Step four. Step four, question marks. Step five, profit. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Um, well, <laughs> I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. Like, I feel like once Slagar loses his revenge drive, like once that stops being the focus, this is when he starts stumbling as a villain. Like, he's he's still really good at like... Yeah, he's lost that, that driving force that he's had for like a vast majority of his life so far. Yeah. Because like, the reason that he started doing this was because he wanted to get revenge on Redwall for what they did to him and his family. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, I got revenge. We've delivered the kid. Um, the dad cannot find me here, he thinks. He thinks. Because, like, there's no way he could get over the gorge, right? right? Yeah. Because, honestly, like, yeah, he's right in thinking there's no way they could get over that gorge. He burned the bridge. Literally burned his bridges. Yeah. So, like... And it obviously shows that he had no intention of going back at this point yeah. because he did that. Um, so now he doesn't have that driving force anymore. He doesn't have that singular, single-minded goal of what he was doing before. Now it's like, okay, I've got to think past this. And he hasn't... He's given it some thought, obviously, but he hasn't given it a lot of mm-hmm. thought. And so now he's like, okay, I've got to start thinking on the fly he is more than thinking ahead but you know he still does pretty good with that like he rolls with the punches pretty well and like oh yeah he's very good at it but there's a certain point where it kind of gets too mm-hmm. much because things start going like all out of all of the possibilities he thought of the shit that he didn't think of starts happening and he's just gets he gets tripped up yeah. by it um Again, he doesn't exactly grasp the idiot. Well, let's we'll get to that when we get to that. Let's not get ahead of ourselves again. Yeah. So Malchus ponders on Slagger's request, and then he says he will let Slagger see the works below. If he approves of the fox's behavior, he will give him the lands. Now, Slagger is less than happy about this, but Nadaz summons his rats, and the fox is forced to agree. And so we see Malchus's kingdom below those green mists at the edge of that ledge. We, it's a grand city that has been carved out below. Tired and withered woodlanders work under whips and chains. And Slagger spots something huge and odd in the distance. Now, tipsy me was like the, is this a pigeon meme? 
is this a human? No, it's the Wii Ret. (laughs) But, like, I didn't remember the Wii Ret, so I was like, is this a human? God, I, I... I still, like, I am I am one of those people who... Is this a wee wreck? I'm one of those people who, like, deeply loves, like, soft apocalypses where, like, maybe humanity isn't fully gone, but, like, much of nature has, like, returned. And, like, it's the animals afterwards who start to develop the, the population kind of a thing. Like, I admit I'm yeah. a sucker for stories like that. I love stories like that. I even have a story like that. Although humanity is still very much present in my story, but they're, like let's tone it back a little bit and maybe just like chill in the forest for a while. <laughs> let's, let's not, let's <laughs> not try and get millions of people together all at once again. Um, but like, that's another reason let's that make weird dinosaur sheep. Yeah. And dinosaur sheep and cool little, like velociraptor helpers, velociraptor fox critters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because why not? It's my story. If I want them to tinker with genetics, I can have them tinker with genetics. Um, my city, my now. city now, literally. Um, but I love stories like that. So, like, uh, that's another reason that I think I I actually like the setting of Malchurus because as much as, like, living there would send me into fits, there are, like, there is, like, historical, uh, there, there's archaeological digs that have discovered underground cities. Like, yeah. we're talking, like, thousands of years old. Like, these, these were carved out by, like, our greatest ancestors kind of a thing. Like, great, 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 greats. Who they just because living underground was safer than living above. Exactly, ground. you had a steadier temperature. You had more defenses. You, you know, it was you didn't have to worry about the weather as much, and or airborne disease. Exactly, and so um, things couldn't get to mm-hmm. you. Other people couldn't get exactly. to you. Exactly. Like, how many of our oldest, most amazing dwellings were in cliffs? Because you know, try and get somebody on a cliff; they can just throw stuff down at you until you fall. Um. So, like, Listen, the moles have it right living underground. Yeah. But again, I would have screaming fits if I had to live underground all the time like this. And part of me is just like, these guys must harvest a lot of fruit from above or they would get scurvy so fast. Um, and it's obvious that the rats have to do it because they wouldn't send any of the oh, like, no. slaves out because it would just give them hope for the sun. Right. Uh, we get into that later, though. Let's talk about that. Again, we're going to get ahead of ourselves and I don't want to. So, Yes. Is this a pigeon? Is this a, pigeon? Is this a human? Look what you did. Another tangent. <laughs> <laughs> when they reach a dead end, uh, like a dead end tunnel with an odd carving of Malchorus, Slagger is told it's the end of the workings. He is going to get sent to some quarters of his own and stay there until Malchorus makes his decision. When leaving, he sees Nadaz touch the left paw of the carving. It's revealed to be a hidden passageway. Slagger makes a note of this. He plans to make this place his, above and below ground. Confident in his wits, he settles in to wait for his opportunity. And this is specifically where I made the note about how I thought this was a weird shift. But we've also now, like, kind of justified it. It, I I would say that, like, his wanting to rule above definitely makes sense. But, like, with how Slagar only cares about himself and only trusts himself... It would make sense that he wouldn't want to leave a second ruler below him that he would either A, have to be um, subservient to. Beholden to. Or B, they would be his, you know, like a rival for power if he ever tried to, you know, really prosper on his own. Um, yeah. Because he's not the sort to take orders from others if he doesn't have to. He That's how he his mother got killed. That's how he ended up injured and you know, disfigured in the first place. So why would he want to take orders from someone else? 
it does feel like yeah, a pretty exactly. dramatic leap from, oh, yes, I want to, I, I will. But there's also that implication that he's been planning this for a while yeah. because he didn't make this request of Malchorus the last time he was here. True. Which was a few seasons ago, according to um, Malchorus, when we saw him the first time. Yeah. Good point. Um, so, like, it, it, he's been planning this for a while. It just it feels odd because we haven't seen a lot of that motivation agreed. yet. It's like, it's like when the Disney villain all of a sudden whips out this plan and we're like, whoa, where'd that come from? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? So, back with the rescuers, above at the giant pine that is the Lord, they follow the long shadow cast by the tree. Because it is, like, just before, like, evening. It is late, late afternoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, It ends uh, at a, like, weird kind of rock hillock thing. Um, And they all try and, like... pronounce it a a copse of trees? Cops. Cops. I've yeah, never cops actually heard that word said out loud. Thank you. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Because it's not a word that you see people use very often anymore. Hold on. Google will tell me how it's Thank pronounced. Like, I know what it is. It is pronounced cops. Okay. Um, it's just not a word you see people really using that often anymore, which is why it always trips me up. At least in America. Yeah. America. Um... Yeah, so there's a copse of trees nearby. Uh, they all try and, like, fuck with this rock. They're, like, they're <laughs> kicking it. They're scratching at it. They're, like, trying to move it. Um, it gets pointed out by Basil that their problem is it's not a summer day. Um, and Orlando catches on to it first that it is not, like... Uh, well, actually, so what it is is, like, Jess makes a comment, like, there's only one, like, summer's day... Uh, in the middle of summer, and Orlando's like, oh, Midsummer Day! Because that's when the shadows are the longest. Um, But they know that the direction's the shadow points, so they can kind of search the general area of where the longer shadow might reach. I do do kind of enjoy how, like, further into the book we get, I really like the interactions between Basil and Orlando. They just, they really... This is not a pun not intended. They bounce off each other very well. And I like it because you've got the old kind of stoic, like not leader, but like ruler of the West Plains. And you've got like, hello, I am a hare who is just here to cause a ruckus and be a fuddy-duddy. It's, 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 it's the traditional red and blue. Yes. Character types with, uh... Basil being blue and Orlando being red. Yes. <laughs> um, one of the shrews, manage- this is an unnamed shrew, manages to find what they're looking for. A half-hidden step into the earth. And Matthias is awed when uh, he realizes what it what it is. Because it says Loamhead. But it's uh, some of the letters have been you know, worn away. It is the first step into Lomehedge, the former home of the founding order of the Abbey. And Matthias is just, like, amazed. He is, he's just like, holy shit, holy fuck, holy shit, this is Lomehedge. And everybody is like, 
Lomhedge. It's like where Abish Germain is from. <laughs> yeah. Like this uh, it's good job remembering your history, Matthias, where Constance couldn't. Just me when I was over in Spain, anytime we'd come across a Roman something or other and me just losing my mind or walking into a church that's over like 500 years old and losing my mind <laughs> and fluna just like what's the big deal yeah, yeah it's cool i yeah. guess <laughs> i see this all the time yeah. oh my god speak of the devil she literally just messaged me when you said her name <laughs> <laughs> magic i'm magic um the bracelet given to matthias by the old hair is revealed to be part of a carving of mice that's in the stone. It is one mouse that has been removed from this stone. But it's still a mystery. If this is Lone Hedge, where is the debris a great building would leave behind? <laughs> and Yabez gives them the clue that they need by recounting a story handed down from his family of how the cliffs once danced. Um, saying, like, his great-great-great-grandfather or something or other moved away from the cliffs because there was an earthquake. <laughs> and that that is why the land here is now so bumpy and hilly. Uh, it's the same earthquake must have caused the former Lomhedge Abbey to be swallowed by the earth, and the steps they found were really, like, attic steps or former dormitory steps. And here's where I and get to flex my knowledge as a Californian. <laughs> yeah, because I asked, like, because first I was like, it's really interesting how the landscape changed this way. Uh, like, I can't wait for us to get into the books with the Lomhedge mice in them so we can see what the land used to look like. And then I was also like, because I was, I was pretty sure that earthquakes really couldn't do this, but I was also like, can... Can they swallow buildings like okay. that? So this is, again, where I flex my knowledge as having grown up in California. There's a couple of different ways that this could have happened. Uh, the first and most likely, like I mentioned liquefaction first, but the most likely answer is that the abbey was built over this huge cavern. We already know this cavern is there because that's where Malchoris is built. It probably was a case... And, and, and there was a clue... When Slagger was seeing the underground, that it looked like there were parts of a building that had been there exactly. before. Exactly. So what likely happened was the earthquake hit, and when they described the building as being swallowed up, it likely, the chunk of land that it was on, slid into part of the cavern. And I bet you money that when they built the original loam hedge, there was probably a really good well there, and that's probably why they chose to build there, because again, well, actually, we know there's a well there because it becomes relevant at the end of the story. Um, so there was yes. probably a really good water supply in the cavern. And when the earthquake hit, the water either was drained out or later when Malchoris arrived, he uh, instigated a further drainage of the water. Um, so probably... He drank it. He drank all of it. <laughs> so probably the simplest City. answer is that, yes, the sinkhole, a sinkhole opened up beneath the abbey and swallowed up a good chunk of it. Um, the second potential one is, an, is a process called liquefaction, where when an earthquake hits and if you're in like the right area, if the water table is in the right spot, if you're near a river or maybe a lake or an underground water reserve, um, literally what will happen is that solid earth will turn liquid. It will turn into a muddy, 
liquid mass that can and will swallow stuff or you will sink into it. Like liquefaction is scary. It's fun to watch happen on a TV, but you don't want to see that happening in real life. <laughs> liquefaction is really one of the freakiest but coolest things that an earthquake can do, in my opinion, because literally the earth turns liquid because of the water. Terrifying. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really neat. But yes, it is very possible that just, a building could just be swallowed like this. Yes. Um, especially a big building swarped. built of like brick and stone, you know. Yeah. Just pretty swarped. much. Yeah. Or more like a thwomp <laughs> into the earth. But yes. I like the <laughs> mouth noises. <laughs> yep. Terrible, terrible mouth sounds. Anyway. All right. So at Redwall. Ironbeak and Mengi set to watch that night. He's determined to face the ghost. And Mengi tries to get back in his good graces, uh, but fails. Pretty spectacularly, yes. Ironbeak's not having it. He's just yep. like, no! Yeah. Fuck a you. <laughs> <laughs> One of the sparrows reports all they'd heard after spying on Ironbeak and- while Rolo sings a ditty. <laughs> Kill a bird without a you know, word. Still- a black rook with a heavy yep. book. Bang a crow and make him go. Just always about murder and I mean, to be fair, he's got a good reason and motivation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Constance and Cornflower know it won't really be safe to pull the same trick. Ironbeak won't be as easy to fool as a pair of rooks. So they decide to sit and plan while Ambrose and John squabble over what to make for dinner. Who allowed this to Uh, happen? yeah, who allowed that to happen? Oh my god. This place is in shambles. Well, yeah. <laughs> While unsupervised, the two rooks share an embellished, embellished version of their ghost sighting. And it's very, very funny. Because they're like... They're not good storytellers. <laughs> they're, they're not good at telling stories. And they're getting caught up in it. And the other like rooks and the magpies are just like, But you just said it was completely dark how is there moonlight like who's telling the story here it's it's a very cute moment like honestly i like the rooks if if it they're stupid it's like if they hadn't committed a massacre i feel really sad about them the treatment they get i like them but they're stupid and also bad Mm -hmm. unfortunately uh it's so well spruced up and spooky that the other rooks begin doubting the wiseness of trying to take Redwall for their own. Uh, they also wonder if the ghost is the reason Mangy seems so beaten up. And kind of. Yeah! <laughs> like, they're not 100% wrong that that's part of why Mangy's is beaten up. They certainly... Uh, because it's kind of the ghost's fault. Yeah. But also, Ironbeak's not listening to Mangy's, so... And as Cornflower had predicted, John and Ambrose are in a fine fettle over making dinner. Ambrose is way too blasé about making the food, and John is way too exacting. It's really, really funny, this whole bit, because uh, Ambrose just throws in, like, a whole pawful of hot root into some, uh, like, shrimp and hot root. And John is like, that was only supposed to be this much. And everyone's like, listen, I learned from the otters. They say a pawful, and it that was a pawful. And then, like, goes to check on John's... Um, the scones. Like, trifle or something. It was a custard. custard. 
Uh, John's custard, and John was like, "Do not open that stove; it will fall." <laughs> And so instead, Ambrose goes to start making scones, but didn't wash his paws? Yeah. (laughs) So the scones are going to be spiced. Spicy, but why are they spicy? (laughs) Why is it spicy? (laughs) (laughs) It's a a cute, it's a cute little moment. I like it. Again, nobody should let both of them be in the kitchen at the never. same time. Also, nobody should let Ambrose be in the, the kitchen. The man can brew. He cannot cook. No. Not- I mean, his shrimp and hot root stew is probably fan-fucking-tastic to the audience. Yeah, but like everyone else is just uh, like, help. Why the scones? Why is it spicy? At midnight, the bells toll briefly. It's like one, one or two like rings. Uh, Mangies is already spooked, but Ironbeak dismisses them. Their job is to watch the big door. Uh, and so they watch the big door. So do the rooks, who've snuck down to see what will happen. Sure enough, the ghost appears and repeats its warning. Ironbeak dives to attack, but as quick as a flash, the ghost is gone. Unable to fight the ghost... Ironbeak takes it out on the rooks instead. He's like, and what the fuck were you doing? You were closer than yeah, me. Yeah, he's just like, hey, do your damn job. Uh, and he forbids them to speak of what happened. And and <laughs> he's like checking inside. He's checking outside. He's just so fucking pissed. He's like, where the fuck did they go? Ugh. These stupid earth crawlers. And- Ugh. And it's such a simple trick. It was a piece of black cloth and hiding behind the front I door. I mean, most birds don't see well at night to begin with, unless they're like owls or night birds. So, like, the fact that he... Also, these doors are yeah. big. It's uh, the big You door. can hide three people behind these doors. So, Constance... Formal and Cornflower return to a triumphant, but hot mess of a supper. <laughs> I'm divorcing you for that. <laughs> that was partially not intended, but then when it was there, it was like, uh-huh, sure. <laughs> sure, Kit. Love you. Love you too. I'm divorcing you. <laughs> it's for your own good. <laughs> At Lomehedge, the rescuers prep for the morning. They will go below to rescue the children or never return. And, like, this preparation is them discussing plans, sharpening weapons, making weapons, preparing the weapons, hardening the ends of spears and arrows in the fire. Like, they are preparing for a Mm -hmm. battle. Not just a fight, a Mm -hmm. battle. They are going to come hell or high water, get their children back, or die trying. Which you have to admire. These. Yeah. Yep. And so. So that night in the ramshackle dormitory, the rooks huddle in fear after being sent back by Ironbeak. Their fears are revealed to be true. Mangies was right. Their redstone house is a bad place to be. Like they are starting to lose faith in uh, Iron Beak and taking this red, the, the 
the mm. Red House. That morning, Iron Beak takes it upon himself to scold his fighters. He rants at them. The ghost is no threat. It ran from him when he challenged it. He calls on Mangy's, uh, to confirm his bravery and strength. And there's a brief mention, like, in the morning, like, in the sunlight coming in through the window. Iron Beak is, like, stretching his wings. And we get this very nice, like, uh, description of, like, the iridescence of his wings in the like, light. He's, I, I like that Mangy's is never described as, like ugly or deformed or wicked looking like or like yes he is described as like probably like wicked looking but he is given he is allowed to be like handsome and beautiful which i yeah. iron beak is a raven and ravens are very handsome they are birds. they're pretty birds pretty bird pretty bird pretty bird <laughs> yes who's a pretty bird iron beak's a pretty bird <laughs> the au we didn't know we needed <laughs> no my brain just went a place mine well mine kind of like au where the sparrows don't exist because they're racist instead iron beak is hired to live in the loft with his men and work as a, a defense crew for the abbey see mine was uh iron beak gains a begrudging respect for sister oh, may yes. and then like crack ship territory oh, <laughs> the crack ship crack ships are fun they're fun they are fun. Oh no, they are fun. Like Sister May absolutely could murder Iron. Oh, Beak. She, yeah. This little little gal is ready to throw down with him. Whatever. She already nearly took a toe off. She's ready to, you know. See, now I'm just in that AU land where he's just like, I love my tiny. Hey wife. guys, take a shot. We made another AU. <laughs> Although for once it's not gay. <laughs> look at my look at my tiny ferocious wife. <laughs> S- and her very large, ferocious girlfriend. <laughs> Leave room for polyamorous Jesus, y'all. Can we get back on point now? <laughs> no, never. for listening. If you like this podcast, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at Abbey Archives. And if you'd like to read along with us, join our Discord, linked in the description below. You can also follow our parent podcast at Hope's Hearth Pod. Remember to wash your paws like good dibbins and take care of yourselves. Bye! <laughs>